The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Welcome to the July episode of On The Rag. This is a podcast all about woman stuff. <laughs> issues. Issues. Issues, as Mike Hosting would say. News, media, whatever the hell else is kind of happening to us, right? Culture, Culture. and issues. <laughs> My name is Alex Casey. I'm joined in our swanky studio. <gasps> it is so swanky. I feel I'm not dressed enough well. <laughs> enough well. Good words. Great words, Order. Michelle. That's Michelle I caught there. I'm just checking words. Are you like an orator by trade? Yeah. I, <laughs> words are my bitch. Yeah. That's, uh, and yeah. Leonie Hayden. Kia ora koutou. Uh, we are here mostly with thanks to the Women's Bookshop, our wonderful uh, sponsors who make this podcast possible. If you're in Auckland, you go visit them on Ponsonby Road. Tell them on the rag sent you. We love it when that happens. Or go to www.womansbookshop.co.nz. We're also giving away a new book this month called This Mortal Boy, a novel by Fiona Kidman. Now, Michelle, you were talking at length about she's Fiona. She's great. She's So she's been around for a very long time. She writes fantastic poetry and fiction, and she's old-school feminist, staunch as, and, uh, yeah, a really beautiful writer. Um, what was the, my, one of my favourite ones of hers is, um, oh, flicking through the back of the book, The Book of Secrets, mm. which is uh, delightful. So she writes really good stories uh, with women at the centre. It's wonderful. We if like you want that. to win that. I think it's like a crime. It's based on a true crime or a New Zealand's second to last ever execution in 1955. Wow. And the story around that. So it's like based in fact, but it is a fictionalized novel. Mm. I don't know. It's too smart for me. Yeah. Can't mm-hmm. figure it out. Uh, I guess we should chat about what's been going on. We've all been up. Well, Leonie and I have seen each other every single day. Yeah. But Michelle. Michelle has been, been in the world. I've been in the world. I like the world. I like yeah. to go and visit it every now and then. <laughs> I do. I do. So I spent a week in Vancouver with a girlfriend having the most delightful time. And then I met up with my husband and two adult friends. And we spent a week at Disneyland wearing mini mouse ears and skipping and oh running God, roller you're coasters. So cute. It was just the best time. You know, they they say that um, if you go on holiday with friends, you either end up better friends than you started or you don't, you're not friends at all. <laughs> so I can tell you that at the end, the very last night of the of the trip to Disneyland, we had dinner at Club 33, which is a secret invitation-only exclusive club hidden away at Disneyland that you, you knock 
on a on a secret door and you get let in and they check to see if your name's on it. Anyway, we did that. Um, I can't tell you how we did that. But, oh, tell us. Oh, no, people might die. Were celebrities in there? It was very cool. There was no, we were pretty much, there were only our table and another table. Um, there's another room where people like Will Smith go with their children, you know, when they're at Disneyland to have a whiskey. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, <laughs> last night, Disneyland, me and Jazzy holding hands, skipping down Main Street, wearing matching pink, shiny Minnie Mouse ears. So there you go. So fun. It was so cool. I love your life. I love it your was, life. I love the bit of doing really so good for the soul. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it was. Mm. It was really good. Leone, you've been nourishing the soul I, as well. Yeah, I had a very... I had a very um, happy, nourishing weekend. Although someone, when I came into the office this morning, I said I, I went away for the weekend with my girlfriends. And he was like, again? <laughs> because I actually had quite an epic girls weekend to Sydney not that long ago. Um, but this has turned into like an annual tradition. Um, there's a day spa called the Lost Spring in Fitianga, which is just the happiest place in the North Island. Oh, wow. It's a thermal hot springs. Um, but does sort it have of, roller coasters and does it smell no. of maple syrup? No, but they do oh, bring cocktails out. in the pool. Okay. Yeah. Okay, you've got me. <laughs> so it's like a day spa and then there's these natural thermal springs but sort of a, a man-made tropical paradise. So sort of built rock walls and waterfalls and tropical um, flowers and plants everywhere and a drawbridge. Oh it's just tacky enough to be incredibly tra- charming. <laughs> yeah. But it's also really well run and perfectly clean and mm. like it's really nice and it's R18 so there's no children peeing Woo-hoo! in the pool, just drunk adults peeing in the pool. <laughs> nice. Um, and yeah, and they, you know, you just sort of wave at a, a person and then they say, I'd like a mango daiquiri, please. And they just that go away amazing. and they bring it to you. And you'll get like matching robes to wear, which is also really fun. So, because when you said spa weekend, I was thinking you were going to get thrashed with, um, <laughs> you know, bamboo well, sticks. Yeah, and there is a uh, beauty and massage therapy and therapy services. But you don't there have to well. get up at six a.m. and do a salute no, to the sun. No, and so you don't stay there. So we hired like a Airbnb mansion. There's ten of us. Nice. Um, mostly mums and just basically behaved not at all like responsible <laughs> adults in these nice people's fancy house. I hope they're not listening to this. <laughs> um, and it was just awesome. I just, I, you know, and you just like, you laugh so hard that you feel like you're going to hurl. Yeah. I did that approximately a hundred times. <laughs> oh my God. That's all you need. That's yeah. One of which was our attempt at doing the lift from dirty dancing, except we had... <laughs> Four Patrick Swayze's and one Jennifer Grey. <laughs> Even then, she just landed on us like the Hindenburg and we all <laughs> just crashed into a pile. And I genuinely uh, didn't think I was ever going to get up off the floor. I was laughing so hard. Um, how many daiquiris did you hand at that stage? Oh, like, we're in the 20s at yeah. this point. <laughs> so it was good. so much fun. But yes, I just think time away with the girlfriends. It doesn't have to be at a fancy resort. It just yeah. it helps with everything. Yeah, just mm. stepping out of your ordinary environment for a couple of days is pretty yeah. damn fine. Just the talking, the talking. Mm. I just, mm. I think every single, all 10 of us pretty much covered every possible aspect of our lives that we <laughs> had going on in every way, shape or form. From like the serious to the not so serious. It was a lot yeah. of sharing of poo stories, which I... Weirdly fine God, happens. I love and, a poo is that story. kid stories or just no, no. poo, adult poo? No, no. Yeah. I mean, it's relaying other people's <laughs> hilarious poo stories, but for some reason it always came back to that quite a few times. Yeah. 
Yeah, so good. I love good. the idea of you having like an agenda that you just work on throughout the weekend. You're like, you're 2.30. I don't know. I was very well organised. Yeah. I do love going away with organised women because it's like within the allotted times, by all means, drink yourself to oblivion and let it mm. all hang out. But there is a schedule. <laughs> yeah. A goal. Yeah. Like knowing what you're doing at 3 o'clock is Beer quite Beer pong useful. started at 7.30pm sharp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. Well, I have done none of those things. <laughs> I have uh, been spending time with a nudist, though, which was on the spin-off TV last yeah. Friday. And nice. it's got me thinking Amazing a lot piece. about, like, I think I want to go to, like, a nudist ranch and where just walk around. Are There's they... one in Ranui, apparently. That's where cool. the their one is. But um, What is it that appeals? Is it the the liberation of not having to... I just think Put it's to me on. one of the scariest things I could possibly do. Yeah. I couldn't even go into like a public onsen in Japan. I also had a UTI, which stopped me from <laughs> which stopped me. But even if I hadn't, it's not like I got it on purpose because I didn't want to do it. But I wouldn't have been able to do it. I don't think being even naked, on your own, like not even with on someone my own, you know. I'm like you never know who's who's around yeah. in Japan. <laughs> you know who's around the corner. Oh, Camera love, phone. You know how you bump into the people. onsen experience. Yeah. Made me feel really weirdly feminine. Mm. Just like this is a ritual that this group of women are all doing together, and it's just this, we're just in the buff. And I could do it with be. women. I could do it with. I yeah. couldn't do it with. I don't think I would feel. I think I would still feel an element of being watched and judged. Mm. With with. I mean, this is the, the thing they kind. swear. It's you know they swear they don't see anything. You know, like they just look at faces. There's also a one-year probation period for weirdos. <laughs> oh, at the nudist. At the nudist round. Is it nudist or naturalist? It's, well, Which is the preferred it's terminology? naturist. Oh, naturist. Naturist. But they don't mind nudist, but naturist is very much about them connecting with nature and being outside. Like yeah. That element, I'm like, I could get behind that. Yeah. I mean, I'm very pale, so I would need a lot. A lot of sunscreen. Of you have to <laughs> roll in it. Bath in it. But it was like, so yeah, I interviewed this naturist in the nude. Um, and we watched the show Naked Attraction together and because I wanted to get her point of view on this very controversial show. But what I wasn't anticipating was just how completely normal the interview was. Like we just chatted for why, 45 minutes. Why yeah. did I, when you said you interviewed a naturist, naturist. Na- mm. naturist, why did I imagine a 65-year-old dude with a grey beard? That's exactly what I was anticipating as well. I'm so much more relaxed about this, knowing that oh, it was yeah. <laughs> a lady person. <laughs> and she was so just, like, open and normal. She had maybe you know? also the world's most soothing voice. She had a very soothing voice. It's like it ASMR. Um, yeah, and she just really got me thinking about it. She's been doing it for about 18 years now or something. And she's probably, like, she's probably in her 40s. Could you, if you wanted to, as a naturist, still wear Minnie Mouse ears? Because it's it's my thing. I'd yeah, it's probably encouraged. Oh, yeah. Okay, accessorizing. Yeah, nudist Disneyland. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. You, yeah, yeah. I mean, otherwise, what? How can you distinguish yourself in your fashions? That's right. How can you get nature and or accessories. Yeah, express yourself? Exactly. But also, how can anyone find you in a crowd? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Wacky it's socks. A, it's a it's a it's a work in progress. My 
my thinking about maybe potentially one day <laughs> emailing her again. <laughs> I might get there in a year. <laughs> get an address. But it is, it's just doing that thing, doing something that you don't usually do in an environment that you're yeah. not usually mm. in. It also, maybe I just like, I love a holiday. You know, like, yeah. she's like, you just yeah. go and we all just kind of have a drink and you don't have your phone on you, obviously. That's nice. Nowhere to put it. <laughs> wow. For now. <laughs> anyway, all right. Oh, yeah, breaking news as well. Just 10 minutes before we started recording this podcast, I pressed OK on a private On The Rag Facebook group, which I am very excited about. If you listen to The Real Pod, if there's a small Venn diagram of you who are here, hello, Cornies. We have a private Real Pod uh, group called The Real Pod Corner, which has just become this like haven for chatting and eating Nando's and people connecting. And I thought... On the rag could really benefit from something like that. That's Especially, a really good idea. Yeah, if we start to talk about, you know, semi-personal or gnarly kinds of things, mm. it can be quite hard on like a big open Facebook page. So I invite you, if you would like, to join. I've called it On the Rag 24-7. <laughs> a constant flow <laughs> of information. <laughs> oh, my God. Basically just so I could write that. Um, but I have big – yeah, I feel like it's – it's going to be good. I think that's a great yeah, idea. Yeah, that sounds great. We've started oh a lot of digital uh, things, e.g. trying to get hashtags, trying to get Twitter going. <laughs> and sometimes we drop off the radar for a couple of weeks. But I think everything's going to change. August yeah. I think that's a great idea because every now and then when a, when it's a, a, a non-OTR type audience person comments on our public page, I go, oh, I didn't realise other people were yeah. looking. Get out. Yeah. Close the door behind you. <laughs> <laughs> and if you do want to check out our public page, it's facebook.com slash on the rag pod. But yeah, I think on in terms of if there's things that we sort of want to share and talk about, I would like on the rag 24-7 to be a safe place for listeners and absolutely nobody else. Mm. Yes. <laughs> and us, obviously. <laughs> oh, maybe we should do like a code word quiz. So you have to have heard us say something on the pod to get in. That's a good idea. Uh does any pod or this particular this pod. one? I'm just trying to think of a Minnie Mouse ears. I guess. Minnie Mouse yeah. ears. Minnie Mouse ears. Great. Say Great that. Code I don't know if there even is that kind of mechanism. We'll find out soon enough. All right. Let's move on to the news, shall we? News. Great news. In July, it seems like people are starting to take period poverty seriously. Yeah. Countdown have slashed their in-house range of sanitary products. Um, which is sort of like the select and home brand up to 48% in price, which is It's really huge. good. And so in a, in a commercial sense, that is going to have some flow on, can I say that, <laughs> to <laughs> Low. other supermarkets because obviously people are going to want to go to Countdown to get their uh, sanitary items. Is that what mm. you call them? Mm. Um, tampons and pads. Um, so there should be a knock-on effect across the board, which is fantastic. So, and there are other initiatives. One of them that's been around for a little while, but um, but I'm quite keen to push is that Countdown and the Salvation Army and uh, Food Bank. Is that called Food Bank or My Food Bank? Urgh. I will check that and put it on our page. Um, you can go there and buy a tampon and pad pack to gift to somebody who mm. needs it. Uh, and you can either, it's $16 and it gets quite a big package of stuff because it's subsidised by Countdown. Um, and you can either do that as a one-off $16 any old time or you can do it as a regular monthly donation straight oh, out of your bank account. Cool. So that's mm. another really nice way of getting those products where they're needed. Do 
Do schools provide these for free? They don't, do they? No, because no. they're so expensive. I yeah. mean, th- I think some schools do, but th- it'll be someone paying for them out of their own yeah. pocket or sneaking it out See, of the now, school See, now, when budget. I was listening, I was listening to um, Louisa Wall, the MP, talking about, about this um, on the radio the other day. It's driving to work. And my little mind started racing. And mm. it, um, there was this thing that, that Angelina Jolie, my hero Angelina Jolie, <laughs> once said um, about when she first started becoming an activist. And she sort of realised that there are organisations of people that you can give money to and then you don't know where your money goes or you can do some research yourself. And I think the first thing she ever did was did some research and then she bought one particular piece of equipment for a hospital somewhere in Africa, maybe Kenya or something like that. Right. But she identified a need and she just bought it. Yeah. So I was like listening to um, Louisa talk about how a lot of schools, uh, how period poverty affects students going to school. And I was like, what if we started, and I'm just thinking out loud here, with some kind of a campaign to somehow pay for one year a dispensing machine in a low decile school Mm. That is constantly stocked. Whatever that like price is, yeah, some kind of campaign to pay for that. And then uh, w- once we've worked through um, that process, then that's sort of like a template that if someone else wants to do it, then they can take it and Ooh, maybe great. do it too. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but I don't know what the the complexities are that are involved in something like that. So if there's a a listener that knows anything about these sorts of things, but I just feel like it would be a really cool, not easy, but direct Mm. way of uh, helping with a specific issue. Lewis is also involved with a group whose name I have forgotten, I was just trying to find it on my phone, who uh, make pads um, out of uh, biodegradable stuff and provide them to schools, and I think specifically in South Auckland. Wow. Is that... There's this group um, called the United Sustainable Sisters, which That's I think, them. yeah, yes. which also teach people how to make them, and yes. then they sell them, and that becomes like their own little business. Yeah, it's amazing. I want to know how to make a pad. Oh my god, me too. I would love a reusable double sided tape. This is my next. <laughs> yeah, just wrap a bit of toilet paper around there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, to be fair, we've all been make, crafting our own oh pads man. since we all <laughs> first became... Down at the riverside, we were yeah. banging the sheets <laughs> oh, against shit. the rocks and stuff. There's also um, a woman called Sarah, Dr. Sarah Donovan from the Department of Public Health at the University of Otago who's putting together a huge amount of data on uh, what not being able to afford... Um, sanitary items uh, costs women, and you know, in terms of what they can't mm. do. But she's also doing stuff into the public health of it. The there is some thought that using the wrong stuff, um, wrong pads, wrong tampons, can lead later on to things like cervical cancer. So she's doing a huge amount of data gathering on that. She was supposed oh. to be at the period poverty breakfast uh, at the Beehive, but she gave birth to a baby the day before, <laughs> and she apparently was busy, so she <laughs> couldn't come. How but are that, these people? I don't know what's mm. going on. But, um, yeah, so some of that really excellent data is coming out soon too, which is really so useful mm. when you have this discussion. Because mm. you emceed that. Yeah, I did. I did. It was great. There were these lovely um, young women from one of the local schools, um, and I met 
Kitty Hannafin, who is from Countdown. And, you know, I'm always a bit cynical about uh, corporates getting involved in stuff and you go, you've probably done some maths on what's in it for you. (laughs) And it turns out, which is fine because that's how things have to work, but it turns out that Kitty used to work at uh, Women's Refuge, I think in Dunedin. That's her background and she's gone into corporate work now. Mm. So it really comes from a place of passion for her and she told some amazing stories about... How in um, domestic violence situations, men quite often use hiding women's tampons and pads. Yes, so that I they heard you talking about that on the radio as yeah. well. And some great stories from the Salvation Army officer um, who was there that day, whose name was Pam War, um, who works in uh, Petone or or. Porirua, um, and with you know incredible stories about how um, about families coming in and asking for asking for help, and it's it's still the secret thing. It's like mm. yeah, we, we could really do with some baked beans and some and some bread. Could we maybe get some tampons? Yeah, yeah. Mm. So yeah, but a really great way she says of opening up discussions with families who need help. So yeah, Amazing. so good positive movement on all of that stuff. Good yeah. work, everybody. I'm into this crowd like crowdfunding thing. Yeah, I just feel like as a project, it might be a cool thing to just sort of sketch out the shape of it and see Mm. if it's feasible. Let us launch a feasibility research project. (laughs) That'd be great. Into buying and supplying one times sanitary items dispensing machine. Yeah. There'll be listeners out there who know. Yeah. And we'll need some like teachers or, you know, if there's a particular school. We could Great use. branding. We could, could, could have on the side of the vending machine on the rag. <laughs> Maybe the machine could play the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Real cynical. Indoctrinate yeah. these poor young women. There was I just talking about how I'm suspicious of corporates yeah. getting involved in stuff because they've got stuff. Scratch to push. that last bit. Yeah. Scratch that last bit. <laughs> oh dear. It's also, I read another article that you posted, Michelle, about that menstrual cups and reusable pads are also on the up and they're getting folded yeah. into these initiatives as well because it's like. A one menstrual cup yeah, lasts you that's right. a million years. Yeah, that's right. And I, I mean, I find them really interesting because there's some cultural reasons why people might not use them, but there's also social reasons why people might not use them. And it you know, leads into the conversations about how we do the architectural design of bathrooms in public spaces like schools oh and God. anywhere else. So, I mean, it's a, but there's a lot of impetus now behind people wanting to think about, hang on, when we build toilets, maybe if they don't have a gender... And maybe if they're all in closed cubicles with a small hand basin, then people can do what they need to do mm. with moon cups and, yeah, yeah, all of that kind of stuff. So it's a whole – there's so many um, so many levels that this discussion is operating at. That's amazing. I actually saw um, on Facebook it was like, um, here's how you know the architect of this building was a man and it was like just glass floors. <laughs> I yeah. saw that. All the way yeah. down. <laughs> It's just quite amazing. It's like it's such a it's such a broad thing to think about. Yeah, I think the idea that buildings have been built for men and because women weren't there, and now we have to think about let's design some buildings because women are going to be using them. Mm. Crazy! Crazy. What a revolutionary thought! (laughs) I have been trying out a different kind of uh, cup, the Hello Cup versus the Diva Cup. Yes, I'm loving it. They're different. The main difference is that I don't necessarily like about the hello cup is it's like what's the not clear opaque yeah is that yeah can't see through it yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's opaque so you can't like 
It's not. <laughs> this is quite gnarly, but it's not as satisfying. Like because you can't. I was going to say it's like quite, an aesthetic thing. Or, yeah, yeah. I see. It was an aesthetic thing that I like to be able to see. Yeah. How much you've bled? How much I've bled? I know. I like some of my friends have started like sending updates. You know, it's good. <laughs> like, it's like your fundraiser thermometer, but like, yeah. but yeah, read. <laughs> Congratulations. But the Hello Cup is New Zealand made, which I really like. And the okay. Diva Cup is like 60 bucks, which is something I don't understand. Because they're literally like, it's like a little silicone measuring cup. You know, like there's no yeah. difference. That's like the craziest pink tax ever that something so small could cost $60. And I really like what you're saying about people sharing how much they've bled. <laughs> because one of the things that's happening for young women is that they're being put on the oral contraceptive at the age of 10 so that they never get a period because you can get subsidised contraception, oral contraception, but you can't get subsidised sanitary products. So kids in poorer communities are being put on the pill and never have a period. So like Lewis had talked about going to a school and saying, so 16-year-old, so who has their period? And no hands went up. And she went, well, it's really weird. And they said, yeah, we we take a pill every every day so that we don't have periods. And it's for economic reasons. But I find that tragic because Mm. having periods is one of the things that teaches you about how your body functions and your emotional your emotional journey every 28 <laughs> days. Um, so if you don't understand how your body works, you're missing out on a huge thing. Mm. I don't know. I, I didn't do know without that. that journey. Sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, I I'm a grown up. I could be on the pill if I wanted to be on the pill. I'm not on the pill, but. Mm. I get that too, that at a point in your life you might go, fuck it, I don't want to have yeah. periods anymore. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Right. Have, not, not experiencing it all ever is probably not. Not. Yeah, is that great? Even no, I don't think it's great. Like, no, yeah. I don't think it's healthy either. I mean, I don't know everything about what the oral contraceptives like now, but it, back in my day, um, <laughs> it had uh, links to cervical cancer and so forth. I mean, mm. maybe that's completely different now, but yeah. I don't know about taking a, a heavy chemical every day from my the age of ten. Doctor is just always like, it is fine, it is fine, it is fine. There's a hundred percent safe. I mean, nothing's 100% safe. Mm. But then I'd be like, can I run them together so I have a period? She's like, yep, it's totally fine. There's there's no, it doesn't build up anywhere. Right. If you don't like have that seven day period (laughs) where you take the fake pills or whatever. (laughs) And I was like, are you sure? And she's like, yes, it's all, it's all been disproved. Just keep taking it. Just run them together. Do whatever you want. Okay. I'm going to believe you, but. What's your street? What's your. What's your stretch like now? Is it like? Well, see, I don't. I'm not on the oh, pill okay. anymore. But when I was, I probably went about seven or eight months. Wow, that everyone. See, for me, that's why I don't believe it because my body was like, I'm just gonna do it anyway. Don't yeah. tell me what to do. <laughs> so I would just be like, right, ta-da. Here's a period. Yeah. No one and asked for. The only for. reason I did end up having one after that long is just because I forgot to take one, mm. and then it just went crazy. Was yeah. it? Was it like a dam had broken? <laughs> well, kind of. Actually, wait. No, no, no. Hang on, hang on. Sorry, I'm misremembering. No, I was like, I've forgotten now. It was like, two, I forgot two days in a row or something. And uh, I was like, okay. well, I've forgotten now. I'll just take a week off and see what happens. And then literally nothing happened for ages. And then, mm. so I was just like, I guess I'll just wait until it does. And then, yeah, it was fine. Mm. It was totally normal. Interesting. It's funny what you're saying about you could maybe do without it, <laughs> without the hormones. Because oh. I feel like. 
over the past month, we've both had conversations with each other where we've re- like been like, I was feeling like shit. I was so upset. I was like yeah. <laughs> depressed. And then the next day, of course. And it's funny that you can like still have something for so long in your life. And but forget. I still, I still go through it every month. I'm yeah. like, why do I want to quit my job and why do I hate all my friends? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's because of this. The worst anxiety <laughs> after episode two of the show. Oh, yeah. And there was nothing that distinguished episode two <laughs> anyway yeah. from the fir- the prior three weeks we'd done it because we did two weeks of practice and then one, our first on air. Yeah. Episode two, I was like, I quit. <laughs> I think I got my period the next day. Yeah. I was like, oh! It's always a surprise. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Have I, told you, I told you before that I used to live in a flat with three other women and we made a deal that we would wear red when we had our period. And so, and of course, our cycles were in sync mm. with each other because we've been living together for so long. And so, once every 28 days, we'd all walk downstairs wearing something red and go, oh, fuck. Yeah. That's why I was <laughs> such an ass to you. Seriously, yesterday. when we, uh, this trip I went on over the weekend with my friends, we got there on Friday night. One of my friends was feeling a little bit poorly because of that. And I was like, I'm not due for a week and a half. You keep your fucking bleeding ovaries away from me. Do not give me that. The next day I got my period. Side so note, it's not your ovaries bleeding. I just, just want oh, yeah. people to know it's not your ovaries bleeding. But yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really? See, the wow. next day. That's like actually, it's magic. So great. See, that's what I would, that's the that's pretty, bit that I miss. It is pretty mm. about not having They're amazing. Yeah. Mm. Then I had to spend a day in the pool, which is not <laughs> not beautiful or amazing or interesting yeah. in any way, but it's still fun. <laughs> oh, dear. On that on that note, should we talk about our cool tips? <laughs> cool tips of the month. Cool tips. Should get some stingles, eh? That was the other thing I want. If there are any uh, woman musicians, mm. singers, or people who can throw together a little sting, little jingle, get in touch. We will pay you. I would love some little like the Paul Williams cool style ones that we have tips. on the Real Pod again. I'm sorry I keep talking about the Real Pod, but if you don't listen to it, you should really listen, should to, listen it. to it. Um, little like stings to break up the segments. But cool without tips. that, thank you, Leonie. That'll do. <laughs> what are your cool tips of the month? Mine is just to be careful when you're buying merchandise when you're away uh, in a, an environment that is singular in particular. Um, I've mentioned Minnie Mouse, yes, obviously. I also have uh, four Minnie Mouse T-shirts. And <laughs> uh, I, I have a, a hoodie that has, uh, when you put the hood up, you've got little red and white spotty Minnie Mouse ears on it. I've got a spotty... Minnie Mouse dress. I've got a <laughs> necklace with Mickey Mouse on it. Um, I have a number of these things, and they feel perfectly normal when you're at the park. In fact, it's rude not to. Yeah. Mm. But then you get on a plane home to New Zealand, and it's chillier when you land in Auckland and you put on your Minnie Mouse hoodie with the Minnie Mouse ears, and um, people laugh at your big grown up self. So. <laughs> So is the just, tip to refrain or do, lean in no, just, or just be conscious? I think be conscious. <laughs> I think just uh, keep it at a particular level so that not everything when you get out of Disneyland yeah. has Disneyland um, logos mm, on, yeah. on it. Yeah, have something other than a Minnie Mouse hoodie. <laughs> I have one other hoodie and it's from the world of colour. So, um, yeah. So just tie ho. Yeah, you're quite restrained today. I'm I am. Well, yeah. A, <laughs> there's a Minnie Mouse vibe. Yeah, to me, yes, but that's not unusual. A spiritual that's vibe. True. What about you, Leonie? Um, 
I well, I wanted to talk about Korean beauty. Oh yeah, skincare. But well, I mean, it's not everyone's <laughs> that into us necessarily talking about like beauty products. But within the world of Korean skincare, there is one product that um you can get that they do incredibly well. So the reason I like Korean beauty products is because they have um quite high. Um, percentages of the botanicals and the natural ingredients that they use. They're just very advanced mm. as a nation when it comes <laughs> to developing skincare. And it's just a million times cheaper than Western skincare and better. Uh-huh. Um, so I've done a lot of research. So I, I now put four things on my face in the morning and four things on my face at night. And I love it. I love lotions and potions and I always have. <laughs> but the one thing they do really well, which I just don't think anyone in the Western world does, is um, sunscreen for your face. Sunscreen for your face, I have discovered over the years, is very greasy Mm -hmm. and very expensive. Uh, Korean beauty have a range of very light, good quality, cheap sunscreens for different skin types. And that's a a health and safety thing. That's not just a beauty product, but everyone should be wearing sunscreen. Mm. Um, So Hikoko is the website that I use that sells just a whole range. It's just a fun website to visit, H-I-K-O-C-O.co.nz. But if you're looking for new places to buy sunscreen, especially you should still wear it in the winter, but especially in the summer, um, yeah, I really recommend Korean stuff. That's great. Mm. So it's good to know because I have to use sunscreen all the time. Yeah. But it makes me spotty. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, I found a Neutrogena one last year that yep. was like pretty good. Yep. Um, but they just have ranges and ranges and ranges. That's and great. all the the other skincare you get anyway also has an SPF. Like mm. it's just mm. like I've normal never for them because they're so averse to getting yeah. canned. <laughs> Which is problematic in its own way. Um because I've never, I'm like, my moisturiser is an SPF 40, but I don't know if that's as good as a sunscreen that's SPF 40. Mm. I'm, I, if yeah, there are scientists not. listening, could we find that out? Also scientists, I think there might be something to look out for in that they're tested for SPF in the country that they're made, not in the country Ooh. that they're sold. Oh, okay. So you might need okay. to get a higher strength okay. one. I've, I've, I've run into that in the past. That's a good thing yeah. to know. Just yes. science corner, really. My tip is something that Duncan Grieve told me about last night, which I have started doing, so I'm less than 24 hours in, which he talked about this morning at the editorial oh, yeah. meeting, which is putting your phone in grayscale because it looks horrible and you don't want to use it. And I've been loving it. I look at Instagram, I'm like, this is so boring. <laughs> I don't want to look at any of this. You're all in the past. You know, <laughs> you're you're all in like the Kansas part of the Wizard of Oz, and it's. I feel like I'm only 24 hours in, but I'm gonna keep doing it because I just don't. I don't want to pick it up. It doesn't look pretty. Duncan reckons as well. There's something about dopamine, something, something. Yeah, he was saying that the the colors, the brightly colored screens trigger dopamine, which is why you sort of get all stimulated and stay up late looking at your phone. You yeah. put it in black and white. And it goes away. Yeah. That's great. It's just I, a hot tip because I'm I might terrible. Try it. I'm terrible. Will I try it? Phone. I might try it. I still like looking at pretty photos on Instagram. Like if there's something I like, I flip it back to colour. I'm like, get a good <laughs> get a good look at it. <laughs> and then flip I gotta it back. see that green. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but no, I'll, I'll see. I'll keep using it because I've tried the flux thing that didn't really work, the yellowing of the screen. 
Oh, yeah. I need something really kind of horrible. Well, ideally, I'd like my phone to give me an electric shock every time I look at it. But... <laughs> ideally. <laughs> I'm, having, I'm having success with logging out of apps. Not no. deleting apps, but logging out of them. I ha- I've, and yeah, I've had great success with that. Mm. No, I can't be tamed. Okay. Don't look at anything. Okay. More good news this month that Jan Logie's uh, domestic violence leave bill Yay. was passed. This She's is amazing. so good. That's a yes queen in itself. Really. It is, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So that's specifically um, 10 days leave from work separate from annual leave and sick leave, which is a world first. It which is. Which is quite amazing. Yeah. And it's so, it, so it will be really interesting to see the data get gathered on that as well. But the indications are that uh, giving women or men uh, time, to, time off from work officially to deal with uh, – moving into a women's refuge or mm. going to court for a custody hearing or doing any of those, well, it wouldn't be a custody hearing, it would be a protection order. But doing those things, um, you can do it officially now with leave from work. It also means that your employer and your co-workers are aware of the situation that you're living in maybe mm. and can give you, if you want mm. that, and give you the support for that. And it means that when you are back at work, you're more productive because there's been a specific amount of time set aside to deal with that stuff. So, yeah. But it's just such a recognition that mm. it's a serious issue that needs to be acknowledged by society and our jobs are part of that. Mm. There's a lovely quote from her that she said, um, it lets them know that as a country we've all got their back. This isn't just about government, it's about every single one of us doing what we can to support them to be safe, which I thought was... That's very nice. Yeah. It transcends all the like yeah. you know stuffy politics stuff. It's- and it's not like, you know, you're going to... Sometimes people might throw a sickie and pretend they're not well to get a day off, but no one's going to pretend that yeah, they're... Yeah, that's awesome domestic so fucking extreme. That, when nobody would it. do that. So. No, only people in the stuff comment section would suggest that. <laughs> yeah. uh, what about confessions? This is one of my favourite new parts of the podcast. <laughs> Confession corner before we move on to Paula Bennett. Um, <laughs> is there anything you'd like to confess to I this confess. month? I don't like Paula Bennett. Um, <laughs> I was saying to, uh, well, I didn't actually know where to put my confession corner and I still don't even know if it's in the right place. But I just basically wanted to talk about Mamma Mia, here we go again. <laughs> I've just got a, a confession, confession in corner. itself. This was a confession in itself. Yeah. I just loved it. I loved it. I absolutely fucking Did you loved love it? it. Oh, good. So it's good. It just the, the first one and this one equally, like equally, which is surprising, just filled me with so much joy. And even while you're watching it, you're like, oh, the acting's so bad. Oh, that doesn't make any sense. Why would that happen? And I'm just laughing like an idiot <laughs> and crying and the not the sad, but they're not actually that sad bits and singing along and just feeling generally very full of happiness oh, about this really, I'm really happy for you. Silly movie. I fucking hated the first movie. Yeah. Really? I tried twice to watch it and got ten minutes it. in and just couldn't. For all the reasons I totally understand. Yeah, okay, yeah. great. I totally understand. And but I just it feels like there's just like a switch that just <laughs> turns that sure. off. And some people can't turn it off. Yeah. yeah. 
It turns out I absolutely You're can. See, it's so great. But it's... weirdly was also like, you know, it's got the sort of the younger version of Meryl Streep's character and how she ended up in a position where she didn't know which of these three men were the father of her child. And it was very sex positive. Mm. There was nothing even remotely judgy in tone about the fact that she slept with three men in I think the time period is about a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just sort of was like traveling through Europe because she's free, a free spirit. And there was yeah. no, no no judgment whatsoever in the film about that. And I was Love just like, it. fuck, that's cool. I want to go traveling and sleep with lots of men. <laughs> is there, though, the problematic element of the first one, which is Pierce Brosnan singing? <laughs> he doesn't do much singing. Okay, I'm, I'm guessing they took that feedback. <laughs> On board. It's also a much more diverse cast, not the oh. core cast, unfortunately, because yeah. the core cast were already set in stone. But you, it's really obvious in the dancers and the singers and whatnot. There's like many more colours of people. There's a really great dancer in a wheelchair. Like they've they've brought it into 2018, which I also mm. really appreciated. I might give it a. I, I might just, give it a. Oh, hurl. the ending! It was just the so moon. great. It was great. That's wonderful. But it also right. featured Cher as Meryl Streep's mother, and I think they're only about three years in age. So that timeline's not really explained, but it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> That's all right. I can't remember, Sally Field played Tom Hanks's love interest in Punchline and then two years later played his mother, mother in Forrest Gump. So I don't think <gasps> age age is irrelevant. It's irrelevant. It's <laughs> your woman and you're older. Yeah. Uh. That was a good confession. That's a positive confession. I like it. I don't oh, mind I'm going to bring you down with mine because I, I hate myself. Oh, I no. did a gig last Thursday in Christchurch and um, and everybody else was drinking and I don't drink when I'm working. Um, I drink a lot afterwards. So I don't <laughs> want you to think I'm a wowser. But <laughs> there was a moment at the – and I did, you know, my feministy hoo-ha on stage. I had a terrific time. It was wonderful. Girls can do anything, and uh, and then after the show, they all looked at each other because they'd all had a bit too well. They'd all had a few drinks and said, "Has anyone not been drinking and could drive the van back to the hotel?" And I got really busy on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just didn't want to drive a van load of people back to the hotel and be the grown up in the group, and oh. so I just pretended that I wasn't just listening. Take a just call. <laughs> So busy on here. Ooh, Ooh, I'm just turning crush. it to grayscale. And so, yeah, so oh my God, the least drunk person had to drive us. <laughs> were they under the limit? Yeah, yeah, I'm they pretty were, sure. Was legal, I'm pretty right? sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, it wasn't that irresponsible. But yeah, I just didn't want to be the grown up in the. <laughs> I love that. You can also just pretend to be asleep. It's quite a good one. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you ever get caught out. Okay, that's great. Yeah. You don't I, have your I, phone on you. I've been quite chatty, so it would have had to be the sort of narcolepsy <laughs> moment of suddenly yeah. going. <laughs> it's like you go bigger, you know, go bigger. Yeah, it's more believable. This is good. This is good. <laughs> uh, my confession is. That I saw Jacinda Ardern at the book, uh, the launch of Emily Wright's Emily Wright's new book. Uh, is it bedtime yet? And I was freaking out because I saw her loading up the car, and I was like, "God, she looks like she's going. She's not coming. To, she's not coming to this, is she?" She drove herself. Well, let's say I'm already getting excited. Drove herself, <laughs> had a baby knee, <laughs> came in and sat down, and I was just looking at her, and there was like not a lot of hubbub because she just sort of slipped in. Um, and I was like, oh, this is amazing. You know, what a strong, powerful woman who's just at the end of her maternity leave as prime minister. This is amazing. But the moment I got real, like, 
this is incredible, is when I saw that she had a spare hair tie around her wrist. Like, I was just like, <laughs> she's just like us. <laughs> she's like the so details. perfect and so amazing. Aww. And she's just got a manky hair tie around her wrist like everybody yeah. else. Like everyone Feminist else. hero. And she had a baby and all that, blah, blah, blah. But the hair tie. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that you noticed Gorgeous. that. I was like, oh. She was, yeah. She's radiant. She's radiant, by the way. And her baby was very cute. Yeah, she goes back to work this week. She's incredible. Yeah. Best of luck to her. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's right. Uh, I also have a mansplain. Well, like, it was a public mansplain. It wasn't what happened to me, but I just thought it was funny to talk about the pop up glow <laughs> one more yeah. time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because if you don't know this story, the Pop-Up Globe announced their new season, including an all-male uh, cast of Taming of the Shrew, and with a focus of tackling modern-day feminist issues, including hashtag MeToo and hashtag Time's Up. And the guy, the the company director, got completely roasted for it. He, tra- he sort of went on the project yeah. to try and His defend himself. His name is himself. Dr. Miles Out of Touch. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure. And I mean, to be fair to the guy, he was sort of quite amiable about it. He, he was. wasn't sort of yelling at anyone or sticking his finger in anyone's face, but he, he did get brutally <laughs> <Yeah>. owned. <laughs> he was like, art is all about debate. And you're like, yeah, but, <laughs> but yeah. right people have to be in the debate. <laughs> yeah. Um, but since then, they have gone back on that. They now have a 50 50 cast. So it's the least they can do. But Another thing that was brought to my attention this morning <laughs> is that with the announcement of the cast change, they're also offering refunds. <laughs> to people who didn't want to go and see ladies on stage. I just think it's so funny. I mean, maybe that's just something you have to do when you change a show. But who's doing that? Who's, <laughs> who's cashing in? Like, I just can't. A woman on the stage? A woman's going to play Kate. I can't bear it. Oh, it just cracks me up. To my boarding school. Good <laughs> but enough also, I for guess, boys to play the ladies. <laughs> ultimately positive that people are listening. Yeah. To, it was real hard to ignore by yeah. the same token. But yeah. Yeah. It is a really good example of the way things have shifted, isn't it? You, mm. do, you can't do that. You can't, well, you could probably do an all-male cast of something, but don't pretend that it's about hashtag times up because you're not in the right century. It's yeah. just such a reach. Okay, Paul Bennett. Let's not spend much time on this. Michelle, you put this into the dark. I did. Well, so a national party conference over the weekend, and they're a bit short of what to talk about, to be honest, because they don't really know what they're doing. Do I say that? Yeah. Um, and Paula really feels that we shouldn't have, um, we shouldn't make particular spaces for women in governance and business. Like we shouldn't say we want half of the people on this board or in this parliament or on this committee to be women because that means women would be there not on merit. Uh, And that really what keeps her awake at night is um, women who are on a benefit or going to work at three o'clock in the morning to do a cleaning job and not being able to afford childcare for their Children, which on the back of what Simon Bridges said last week about how we should um, we should uh, improve the self esteem of people living in poverty by giving them less money because that'll work. So yeah, and I mean, punishing <laughs> them for not looking for work in the correct yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. So the irony of somebody who used the social welfare system to get an education and to further herself and to uh, take a leadership role. Mm. 
and who has then dismantled the ladders that she climbed to then turn around and say, we don't really need to make space for men. Look at me. I'm doing just fine. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Merit. Merit. Yikes. So that's a Nas queen. Nah. What about Watch Club and Book Club? What have you guys what been she? consuming? Have I talked about Last Tango in Halifax before? I probably have. Sally Wainwright, who also wrote Happy Valley. And it's just, it's a British drama and it's women are all at the centre of it. And Sally Wainwright is the most extraordinary uh, television script writer. And so I'm into, it's called Last Tango in Halifax. I'm into series three. And I, Mm. Jeremy was away working for the weekend and I binged, watched eight episodes. And I feel very sad that I can't get to the last two. So, yet a little bit. It's just wonderful stuff about relationships between women and the kind of shit that women put up with. And one of the premises, one of the lead women characters um, has survived terrible domestic abuse. Um, it doesn't sound all that fun, really, but it's really fun. And uh, one of the women uh, has come out as a lesbian and is now married and uh, raising a Oh, it's just all um, having a crack, all these really middle-class English people having a crack at convention and living unconventional lives. Cool. Mm. That's great. That sounds great. I've made a note. Um, well, it's uh, New Zealand International Film Festival time. Mm. Uh, I think that's why I ended up putting Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, <laughs> into Confession Corner rather than Watch uh, Club true. because I was feeling some <laughs> guilt. <laughs> Um, and I genuinely, someone asked me what um, festival films I'd seen, and I rattled off a couple, and then I said, um, and this other one set in Greece. <laughs> I was referring to Mamma Mia. Oh, that's amazing. Um, but one of the films I did see last week, uh, which left me feeling all sorts of ways, um, was the documentary about the musician MIA, mm-hmm. who was like a massive hero of mine in my early 20s. So she's a Sri Lankan uh, musician who immigrated to England when she was 10. Her father was one of the founders of the Tamil Rebellion, the Tamil Tigers. Um, and she, we know her as a musician, but she was like an art school kid who um, was basically a, wanted to be a documentary filmmaker. So most of the documentary is made of her own footage that she has shot herself of her and her family when she was quite young. Wow like even quite little, mm. um, and then her teenage years are like really well documented, um, and then the sort of the rise to um, pop star status. But she has used that uh, platform controversially to talk about what she calls the genocide in Sri Lanka because the Sri Lankan government has been known to commit human rights atrocities against the Tamils. Um, and I just thought it was really interesting that she it just sort of showed that if, every turn, every phase of her life, she was told she was outside, she was wrong. And I, she was my first brown girl hero for for one thing because I'd sort of grown up immersed in African American culture. She was the first brown girl who I went, oh my god, you're the same color as me. Mm-hmm. You know, this is you're you're you look like me. Basically, I just loved everything about her. But then it was her attitude. She didn't know how else to react to any of the things people kept telling her she was bad at and wrong for. So she just kept creating. And all the music videos, her music videos are astounding. And she art directed all of them. 
which is not mm. a fact about her I ever really appreciated, I don't think, because I was always like, I listen to her music and her activism. And, um, but yeah, so I felt very emotional about that. Like I was very filled up with good feelings coming out of the film and then I was waiting for the toilet and this sort of cool-looking young punk girl was like, oh, she sort of recognised me in the toilet and she said, I really like your stuff, you're funny and you're political. And I just blocked myself in the toilet and I cried for like two minutes. Oh. And I don't really know why, but there was just something about seeing that documentary and then having someone tell me that they thought I was political that was really Aww. overwhelming. Anyway, it's a really amazing doc- documentary. Mm-hmm. That's what I was getting at. Yes. That's great. Yeah. That's wonderful. And that's lovely, the reaction that you had to that. I think, you know, it's about finding your, realising that your voice is being heard. Yeah, yeah. And I was like standing there as well going, okay, I need to do more. I need to say more. I need to be more political. But I was like, at least I've made a start. I mm. guess. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, which felt pretty good. That was amazing. Mm. I don't even want to say mine now. <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad I got on with last tango on Halifax. Because mine is meet the parents. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I haven't watched anything apart from rewatching Meet the Parents and Meet the Fockers. But the reason I wanted to bring it up, Meet the Parents, I think, is good. <laughs> Meet the Fockers sucks. But the thing I never noticed about Meet the Parents the first time I watched it was that it's so crazy. Like the central joke of the movie is the fact that Ben Stiller's character is a male nurse. Yeah, that's, like, that's crazy. crazy. I didn't even like. You can't say that. <laughs> yeah. He's doing a great job. Yeah. But it just like it's woven it's like all, all the way through the DNA yeah, of the film. And his name is Gaylord. And his name is Gaylord. Lol. Yeah, look, there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of bad jokes in it. <laughs> Maybe this should have gone in confession corner. <laughs> I think so. It's way worse than Mamma Mia, here we go again. The cat can use the toilet. It's funny. <laughs> But no, I just thought, you know, we like to talk about revisiting our favourite films and finding problematic things we never saw before. That's true. There was a lot in Meet the Parents uh, that shocked me, that rocked me to my core. But maybe just ignore what I've said and listen to Leonie and Michelle. (laughs) (laughs) What about books? What have we got for book club? Oh my god, I've got nothing. I don't read books. Actually, anymore. before we get it, I wanted to also give a shout out. The Women's Bookshop are having these amazing events. You're involved in one of them. Yes. In November. The yes. Ladies Literati. Spelled T E A, which is sort of like an amazing condensed women's readers and writers festival. It is. It's exactly Lamingtons. You with Lamingtons yeah. and cupcakes. I did one <laughs> um three years ago, so um and I only write books so that I can get onto Carol's list mm. to be in her ladies literati. So it's uh, a <laughs> uh it's a uh, I, I think it's in two halves. There are two shows uh, one's in September, one's in November. And uh, when you go along you get writers reading a bit of their book and talking about why they wrote it and whatever else they want to talk about it. But it's speed dating fast-ish. You get mm. a couple of minutes each, I think, or maybe a bit more. And then at halftime you all go and have nice cups of tea and beautiful china with um, cupcakes and then you go back and you hear some more writers read and talk about their writing. And it's a huge range of books. So it's there's poetry, fiction, non-fiction photography and I think she usually throws in a cookbook as well mm, so there's something yes. you know and there's the photos up on the big screen and stuff like that so yeah they're really that's a really fun day and yeah 
Sounds wonderful. We'll put a link to that on our Facebook page if you're in Auckland and you're interested in that. Um, I also have an event I would mm-hmm. like to um, ask any Wellington based listeners to come along to. I've just realised that the next pod will be too late. Um, but on the 12th of August, I'm chairing a talk. Uh, it was two talks. Um, Sunday 12th of August at Te Papa, and it is a panel of incredible Māori women talking about the incredible Māori women who have inspired them. And a lot of the men on the panel are um, like historians and leaders, and so um, it's sort of reaching from their own whakapapa and like deep into history and like women that are not sort of uh, people you wouldn't have heard of before. I hadn't heard Mm -hmm. of any of them before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it's going to be like a super interesting afternoon. Yeah. Amazing. It's a are free they, event. Are they recording it for playing on anything? I bloody hope so. <laughs> I, <laughs> I haven't asked, but I think Tipper are generally quite good at recording yeah, stuff. Yeah. Quite often buddy up with National Radio. Yeah. I'll ask. I'll, yeah. I'll make sure. like I'm to... not involved in the organising of it. I'm just going to show up and say some words, but um, everyone else is responsible for saying the interesting stuff. Because I would really like to but hear I'm that. I'm looking forward to it. If they're not broadcasting much. it, could you just turn your phone on? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I put a real, a real bad recording up on the, on the rag screen. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Awesome. Um, where were we? Book club. Oh, I, I'm reading. Uh, I'm reading Gabriel's Bay, Catherine Robertson. She's a New Zealand writer, and it's just gentle. It comes under the chiclet or romantic fiction or something. I don't know. Anyway, I met Catherine at a writers' event, and we. I bought her book. She bought my book. It's what we do, and <laughs> it's really cute. And I'm really enjoying it. It's it's gentle and lovely, and you know when shit's going on in the world, it's so lovely to immerse yourself in what is really quintessentially Kiwi. It's set in that you know the environment is so recognisable, and the people are recognisable, and yeah, it's lovely. Gabriel's Bay. Gabriel's Bay. Mm, sounds good. Mm. What about you, Leonie? I can't read. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, oh, yeah, I, I thought there the, might I be something. I've been in so long; it's so bad. You could plug uh, my life, my fight. Oh my god! <laughs> yes, I will. That's actually my ass queen. Okay, Archer. Oh, Yay! Spoiler alert! Good Spoiler job. alert! Good job. I've just finished an amazingly crazy memoir. It's called "How to Murder Your Life" by Cat Cat Mansell. Her name is great title. It's such a good title. It's such a good book. She's an amazing writer. So it's a story of basically how she was a super ambitious. Um, she wanted to be a beauty editor in New York, and she. It's about her climbing through the ranks, but also developing. The like, just the biggest. It was a pill addiction, so she takes. But they're all prescription pills. Yeah, and it's real interesting because also just the American like the prescription culture. It, yeah, there is yeah. crazy. It's quite interesting insight into that. But just how she is like working her way up the ranks. I mean, I like it because it's peppered with like so many celebrities and like people in publishing and stuff. She talks about like having a one-on-one with Anna Wintour and then like going to the clubs with Lindsay Lohan but it's written like a she's just a normal person you know (laughs) and she ends up like flatting with Nev from Catfish who I've always had a crush on it's a deep cut is he the one with the grey the silver hair or the other other one one. the other one but it's just like it's so frank and funny and really sad in parts really like devastating she's just so honest like everything just on the table about her life um it's one of the best memoirs I've read in ages. Nice. To battle with it, but also set in this completely glamorized, you know, high society. You'd never think in a million years. She talks about getting flown to these amazing events once she became the beauty editor of maybe like Lucky Magazine or one of something like that. And 
being at the top of her game, but also being completely shit faced, you know, and just not knowing how to do anything. And it's just like the contrast, the like, yeah, it's really, oh, that sounds good. It's really amazing. Sounds and she turns good. it all around. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, that was that was my read, and also my life, my fight, obviously. The Stephen Adams story. The Stephen Adams story. <laughs> <laughs> Another yes queen there. How are we doing for time? Should we talk briefly about free speech and Lauren Southern and mm. Stefan Molyneux, even though. Boo. Boo. I don't like her. I'm just going to put it out there. I don't like her. I don't like him. Uh, she's a, uh, I'm going to gender it. And just, she's just a shrill, whiny bitch. And, uh, and he's horrible. And I, I mean, I Googled to his philosophy and hers, mm. uh, and they're just so outrageously racist. It's laughable, really. Yeah, and, it is. And his it's whole theory stupid. that, that the, everything that's wrong with the world is women's fault because women are terrible mothers and yeah. <laughs> I mean, just get fucked. Mm. And and her YouTube thing of walking around Melbourne going, do you think Lauren Southern should be killed? And everybody going, who's Lauren Southern? I don't know who she is, <laughs> but know who that is. murder sounds a bit far. And uh, just fucking ridiculous. And but that's I guess my point is that we don't need to provide a community funded mm. space for them to come yeah. and talk because if you want to know what they say, it's everywhere. It's all over that thing called the internet. Yeah. Mm. So telling them they can't use a council owned or operated or funded building is not really hurting their freedom of speech in any way. No. Because they're free to speak, just not at my house yeah. or a house that I have helped to fund. Mm. I mean, quite frankly, I don't even think they should be let into the country. That's what I think. Like, I think at Customs, they... So someone sent me this thing. It says, um, so you can be turned away by Customs for serious character issues. That is something that they, they use. Really? That is something that is used to bar people from entering the country. Um, but I think those character issues have to be. You're likely to about be a threat to public order or are likely to be a risk to the public interest. They are absolutely of both of those things. Mm. I, serious character issues that's, that comes under, and they have serious character issues. I mean, they, there's a, it contravenes the Human Rights Act anyway. Uh, to use in any public place, uh, within the hearing of person in any such public place or any meeting to which public are invited or have access, words which are threatening, abusive, or insulting. Okay, that's, well, that's covered. the basic premise yeah. Yeah. of their talks. And that, you know, they shouldn't be led into the country. That's my belief. Mm. I mean, we like odd uh, Tyler the Creator, right? Couldn't get in, didn't they block, oh, they exactly. block music artists yeah. in the past for saying a swear word? I mean, his was for using a homophobic slur, which it turned out later that he is actually gay himself, um, which is probably quite awkward for customs mm. to reflect on. I don't know, it's just weird. And especially after hearing the thread, there was um, one guy who was at one of the talks in Australia and who... Uh, transcribed, I guess, paraphrased in a very long, very disturbing Twitter thread. It was yeah. Stephen Molyneux's thoughts about the Aboriginal community. He basically just Googled Aborigine and then had some reckons and they were probably just cut and paste ad libs for any mm. other minority community from any other country that he's been to. 
And they were all just 100% wrong. All of his thoughts and observations Mm. about this ancient culture were just Mm. 100% wrong. And I just don't understand why just letting some angry, racist, dumb people why don't we? No one needs to give them a platform. It's just not no, necessary. So, I agree. My problem is, my basic theory is always give people enough rope and they will expose themselves for being the fuckwits that they are. Yeah. My my problem is that if we elected the New Zealand equivalent of Trump and someone else was in charge of what's acceptable and what's not in this country, then maybe they wouldn't let Jane Fonda in or the Dalai Lama or the, you know, people whose ideas I think are worth sharing. So that's my problem is that when you ban people from a country, there's a a, a list of reasons why they're being banned that that if the wrong people are in charge, you're going to have a a different outcome. Sure. Sure. Okay. So the rules need to be as... Uh, partisan as possible, I suppose, but non-partisan. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah, I guess so. I guess in the end, I don't. I mean, I wouldn't. If Hitler wanted to come visit, <laughs> I, I I would be not keen. But I just, I guess my reason for saying let them in, let them find, you know, let them do it at bloody Don Brash's holiday house. Yeah. Um. Because I don't fi- actually find them that threatening because they're just so ridiculous. Yeah, that's true. But especially in New Zealand, like they got quite a few people in the audience in Australia. Mm. We're quite different. I think they're probably yeah. going to attract about less than 100. Looking at the photos in Australia, I was like, it's the people in the crowd that scare me. Yeah, same. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's same. the fear. Because yeah. we may see them as hanging themselves on their own rope, but other people might see them as finally saying all the things they've thought That's yeah. right. and kind of mobilising. Yeah, and then they act like a lightning rod or whatever it is, a, a something to gather around, a, yeah. a flag to And the goalposts have moved so considerably, like being associated with Nazism or seen as mm. a white supremacist 10 years ago, five years ago, just was like no one was, like you could not say that about someone. Mm. Now it's like, upon. yeah, that is how I identify. Yeah. Yeah. White yeah. supremacy is normal again. Yeah. And don't and don't stifle my freedom of speech. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, I have to go play netball, so we've got to wrap this up. Oh, oh you do. Yes, queens. Win, win, Quick win. fire, yes, queens. Uh, my yes, queen is um, my friend and colleague Madeline Chapman, who uh, you will find a autobiography that she wrote slash ghost wrote of Stephen Adams, the famous basketballer, on shelves now. Uh, and obviously writing a book is an incredibly amazing thing to mm. do, but I also just know from knowing Mad how how hard she worked and it, it just it was an amazing amazing feat. She's young, he's young, they grow up together, they've now both used their considerable skills in their respective fields to mm. produce something incredible and I just feel very, very proud of her. Yay. She's fantastic. She's amazing. Buy it, my life, my fight. And a great interview that she did on Saturday morning with um, uh, Noelle McCarthy mm. on National Radio. It was delightful. So my yes queen is Marianne Elliott, who was the co-founder of Action Station, and she's a human rights advocate who did wrote an amazing speech for uh, the Women Changing the World event at, uh, in Wellington as part of the 
New Zealand Arts Festival and it was incredible and she was nervous and anxious and frightened and all of those things that, that people are when they create a new thing and she threw it out into the world and the people in the room loved it apart from the reviewer and the review was so chilling on her creative spark that um, she I think she found it quite painful mm. um, and uh Today, it has been announced that a quote from that beautiful piece, this really stunning piece that she wrote, which I'll put up on our Facebook page, has been adopted by um, Suffrage125, along with quotes from Kate Shepard and Merita Mita. Uh, And so it's one of the official quotes for the celebration of suffrage this year. And it is, we are already braver than we give ourselves credit for. And so today is a great day for yes. for her and for all of us. Yay. It's true. It's a beautiful it's quote. A great quote. I just wrote, my yes queen is Michelle's mum. Because <laughs> I sat next to Michelle's mum oh, during yeah. that amazing evening in Q Theatre hosted by Auckland's Wom- Auckland Women's Centre. It was all women comedians, or, and non, sorry, women and non-binary comedians and it was one of the most amazing nights of my life. Aww. And then I realised who was sitting next to me, the Yas Queen of the world. And I just my had mom. such a wonderful evening sitting next to your mum. That's so cute. <laughs> I no. hope she listens. That is so cute. It was very cool because I looked out into the audience and I can always spot my mother. I don't know how I do that. And then, uh, and then I looked across and you were sitting next to her. So I knew that the, the two of you were sitting together all night that night. That was so great. She's got a a wicked sense of humour. She's got a filthy sense of humour. She (laughs) loved the fan brigade, like the real naughty part. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And she thinks you're lovely. What a lovely woman. What a lovely woman. That's very kind. I said she's all right. Incorrect, but all right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you very much, everyone, for making it to the end of this monster pod. Thank you, Leonie. Thank you, Michelle, as always. Thanks, Alice. Thank you, Alice, for tolerating us and sitting in the back. And thank you to the Women's Bookshop. Please support them. Support women-led local businesses. And we will see you next month. Bye. 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 Kia ora e te iwi, te Aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.